It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. I am excited to talk with my guest today. Joining me is Alze Calhoun, founder and CEO of Coveted Consultant, based in Atlanta. Alze, how are you doing? I'm doing really well today. Thank you for having me. And you, I have to bring this up. You're doing well because you just got married like a couple days ago. That is that is true. As of, the, as of this podcast, I am a newlywed and uh, I'm excited about all that that will bring. So, so, so bring it on, life. Bring it on. So this is a new wedding tradition. We're going to start this here is that instead of going on your honeymoon or on your honeymoon is you appear on my podcast. So anybody <laughs> out there who's sales expert thinking about getting married, just build it into your post-wedding plan <laughs> that somewhere in that first week after you get married – you got to schedule a time to come on the podcast and, and talk. Cause, you know, what's a, what's a honeymoon? What's a marriage without a little accelerate in your life, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly right. Yeah, well, very good. So congratulations, as we said sir. before. Very, very honored to have you here. So yeah, take a minute, introduce yourself. Tell us what you do. So uh, again, my name is Alze Calhoun. My company's name is Coveted Consultant. And what I believe is that content is now an imperative if you are going to attract clients. And um, many of my clients are consulting firms or advisory firms in some, in some way, in some space. And so for those of us who are advisory firms, uh, consulting firms, what we sell is invisible. We, and we, that we already know. You can't see it. You can't touch it. It's a service. You can't, you can't put your hands on it. And so good, for, good news for us is that in 2016, content now makes our intangible services tangible. If we do a good job, an aggressive job of creating content, it's easier for the clients to appreciate what they're about to step into. And so that's my passion place as a, as a business is to help uh, consulting firms, advisors, et cetera, make better use of content so they can paint a better picture for their end client on how they do business. And that way, it's a much easier engagement on both sides for you as the, as the practitioner and for your clients as those, as those receiving services. Okay. Yeah, I like that because, I mean, it really parallels with what I talk about in my books, actually. I think uh, in my first book I brought this up is, is that really the job of a salesperson is to, if you want to differentiate yourself from your competitors, is to you have to make your intangibles tangible. Mm -hmm. And uh, certainly content's one way to do that. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about other ways you can sell that do that as well. But I think that is, that is really the critical thing we're talking about here is that, yeah, how do you take the sort of spectrum of, of choices that the potential clients have and many of the criteria they're looking at are they sort of considered intangibles. How do you make them intangible form? And that's, that's very important. So, uh, and you said you, you work primarily sort of with advisory firms, solopreneurs. I imagine a lot of solopreneurs, um, people that probably marketing and sales probably doesn't come easy to. Right, right. So, so thank you for asking that. Right. So a lot of us out here are technicians. And so a lot of my clients kind of fit this description. They worked in corporate America or worked a job for a certain number of years, seven, eight, nine, 10, 15 years. So they're very technically uh, experienced, well-versed, deep knowledge, and frankly proud about what they've done in their career to that point. And, and then on one day, at some point, they decided to step out and create a consulting firm 
based around the work they used to do. And and what they learned, and unfortunately kind of trial by fire, is that they learned that the deep technical expertise that they've built doesn't sell very well. In other words, it's hard to it's hard to appropriately communicate and translate what you've been doing for so long to to prospective clients, and um, they need help with that. And so again, we we, we kind of use content as that as that gap fill. If, if we if you commit to content and commit to it the right way, it can um, uh, increase the level of, of of appreciation that your clients have for this robust skill set that you've built. Which really, what we're talking about there is really the value you can deliver. Right. Yes. I mean, exactly. Exactly right. Yes. Because yeah, I mean, it's it's on one level, it's nice to have an appreciation for your skill set, but what you really want them to appreciate is how you apply that skill set to bring value to mm-hmm. to them for the investment they're going to make in you. So it's really what I take away from what you're talking about, and having looked through your materials and so on, is that it's really about establishing authority. Mm-hmm. I mean, using content to establish authority or a, a sphere of expertise, let's say, in the space that you're you're serving, and I think this applies solopreneurs. It applies to individual sales reps working for companies as well. Is is you need to be able to establish this authority. I do. I I agree with that. And let's 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 fuss with. Let's play with that word authority for a minute because that's sure. the word that, that's been given to us. By those of, by, by the marketing gurus of our time, and and authority give when we use when we use the word authority, our brains go to um, um, generals in suits, uh, police officers in uniform. Um, <laughs> it goes to these very formal structures of of leadership, authority, command, direction, and so when we so then if 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 we think that content is supposed to help us get to that place. We start creating content from that attitude. I am the authority. I am the um, unchallenged expert. I am the know-all, be-all kind of positioning. And that's hard to maintain, period. I mean, there are folks who are listening right now who know what I'm talking about. But it's, it's hard to maintain that kind of perfect, polished know it all, you should look up to me kind of positioning. So I, what, what word do you use instead? Yeah. So, so I, I think, I think what, what I, the language I use w- with my clients when we think about creating content is to maintain the problem solution orientation. Now I know for you, Andy, that means, I mean, you do that every day. I mean, that's, that, that's how you live and breathe that kind that kind of attitude. It's amazing how we, how we forget about that when it's time to actually write a piece of material. So again, problem solution, and so if you recognize the fact that your client has a problem, and I mean a problem that they're aware of, so not one that you, that you pushed onto them, not one you projected to them, very simply, if your client is hungry and they know they're hungry, then the, then the, then the content you create for them should speak to their hunger, not, not to what you want to sell them, but instead their desire to no longer be hungry. Now, again, this is kind of like marketing one-on-one, but it's amazing how many times we don't do this. We skip this part. So, well, and let's let's take, you know slow down for a second and deconstruct that because I, I think that's a great point for people. Is is I mean I might have a different word for for hunger, but I lo- I love the use of that because too often people talk about you know clients and businesses when they're looking at buying a service or buying a product or something is they're trying to solve a pain. Mm-hmm. And yeah, to me the hunger isn't a pain. To me the hunger the hunger is more aspirational. And 
you know, to me that 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 is more why companies buy, right? Is is they want to achieve something that that is the hunger to be something other than what they are. Okay, let's let's go, Andy. So let, let's let, let's go a little deeper, right? So so in in this conversation about um, um, pain, about hunger, about problem. We're really talking about both things at the same time. We're talking about the the uncomfortable place the client knows they're in and the preferred place they would rather be. And both of those are important at the same time. And Andy, as you well know, different clients at different points in time resonate differently to both sides. So depending on exactly what's going on, they resonate more with the preferred solution or, or preferred situation than they do with the pain. So in to speak in kind of as practical language as I can, you know, if we're talking tax time, we all know when ta- in, in the U.S., we all know what tax time is. That's April 15th. And you know that you've got to turn in your taxes. And if you know you owe taxes, you've got some friction around, some personal friction around that because you may not know what that number is. <laughs> it could be three figures. It could be four figures. It could be five figures, depending on your exact situation or more. Situation, so you have anxiety about that, and so as April gets closer, your pain, your discomfort around taxes increases. However, what would you prefer? You'd prefer for the next two, three, four, five years to never have to deal with the April friction. You'd prefer to always be prepared and to almost feel confident when April shows up because you know you don't have this this. Uh, inappropriate tax burden, tax burden, you know, hovering over your heads. So the, the, so practically that, you know, that's a very simple, simple example. Our job as marketing professionals, our job as business owners who want to offer solutions is to speak to both at the same time. And if you haven't been trained that way, if you haven't, if your sales education, your marketing education didn't train you to do both at the, at the same time, then you won't do this. Which your 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 only interest in entering in picking up the phone or engaging with the client will be to sell them what you have to offer them, and and as you know, Andy, that's a much different conversation than acknowledging the discomfort that that client is in. All right, so you you talk about a way to create resonance, respect, power, and profitability with pillar content. Pillar, as in a pillar that you supports the foundation or a house, sir. Yes, sir. So, um, what is pillar content? Yeah. So, so that. So, I, I didn't make make the term up, but it's something that that has that has as a word resonates with me because of the word pillar. So, it uses to hold up a building, right? To hold up a structure. And so, I believe that if you're going to create content, it should hold up your building. It should hold up your structure. And so, I'm saying that first of all to speak directly against some of this. Um, some of the ideas that say you've got to create content forever and ever. So there's some ideas out there and, you know, they, they can work depending on, on the situation. Uh, but you should have an, 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 an editorial calendar and you should be creating content every week, every month, every day. And you should be, you know, just you should be pumping out content. And you probably have read that phrase somewhere, pumping out content. So <laughs> no doubt we have. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I just I disagree with the approach. I, and, and here's why. Because as 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 for the for the person listening right now, you are not in a content business. 
it's not what you do, right? You sell your service. You sell your offering, right? That's what you do. That's, 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 that's what you're incentivized by. That's how your company makes a living. So to then pump out content, so to speak, is, an, is a one-off task. It's not your expertise. It's not where you're trained, et cetera. So, so thinking about it that way, I think immediately splits your attention and it, be, and it becomes not as useful. So, so pillar content. If you, were, if you were to create one piece of content, like a, if it was one blog post, if it was one ebook, if it was one um, article series, if you think about it that way, mm-hmm. but if it's just one thing that you created – what would you say? And it had, it had to, it had to stand, stand the length of time. So confronting clients you know, in my world, confronting clients with that question changes the way we, we talk about content now forever. Now it becomes less about Twitter posts and Facebook posts and LinkedIn articles. It becomes more about, no, really, let's, get, let's cut the, the 80% mess out. Let's keep the 20% that is the sharpest and, and best and only say that. So so that's so that's that's my that's my point of view with this with this pillar content. Now, okay, well let's yeah. So let's talk about that. So I think it's an interesting point of view. So and certainly contrarian in in many respects. So what you're saying is for your solopreneurs, your service providers, but it really be applicable to any small mid sized enterprise that that's selling you know a limited range of products and services. Right. Is that. What you're advocating is, is, gosh, you shouldn't feel this burden of, of becoming a content machine. Instead, what you need to do is really f- create a great piece of content, this pillar content, if you will, that really is sort of evergreen. Right. That, that stands the test of time because you're using the content, I guess, and that situation you're looking at is, is the content becomes less about... Um, Engaging new customers and more in a, you know, sort of, yeah, social media based marketing as opposed to this is what you're using once you start that conversation with a a client. I mean, that's what it sounds like, right? Okay, good, good, good. So, right. So you're asking, you're asking application, right? So if you got this this pillar content, like what is it used for? So, so here's a phrase that I use with, with my clients and and I really do believe in this. I believe that it is the content that sets context for the conversation to bring on new clients. Oh, alliteration. Okay, we love alliteration on this show. So uh, so it's the content that brings context to the conversation. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, I'm, sir. I'm yes, writing, sir. I'm writing that down. So, so give us an example of, for one of your clients, what the pillar content is and what it looks like. And sure. How they, yeah, and how they use it. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so so let's start with what the with what my client was trying to get done, right? Let's start let's start with with their goal. So uh, I'll tell you a quick story about about Cornerstone Bookkeeping and Accounting, and so Cornerstone Bookkeeping and Accounting does just that. They offer bookkeeping services. Now here's the issue: when you say we offer bookkeeping services, in the client's mind, they immediately go to a how much per hour is it. Kind of conversation, and they're thinking ten or fifteen dollars. If you say twenty five dollars for bookkeeping services, the client freaks out. Whoa, that's way too much, right? Well, but but also they're thinking that one is if they go to the hourly rate first. What their assumption is is everybody's the same as everybody else. Oh, th- there you have it. There you have it. 
Right. So so that was my client's first situation is that is that they're saying, you know, we offer bookkeeping services and and the and the client is seeing them kind of as this third party outsourced vendor. We ship off some documents. We 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 get some pretty documents back. And that's the entire arrangement. And when I confronted this client with the question of, again, if you if we could only say it one time, what do you want to say? What's most important? Then his brain shifted and he kind of went on this mind, on this mini rant. He said, listen, I was like, I don't want to be involved in these transaction relationships, I, these transaction relationships. I don't, I don't want to charge by the hour. I, what we do is certainly more robust than $15 an hour. W- what, what needs to happen here is, is that our clients need to make better financial decisions. And we, and we want to be their partner so, that, so, so we can give them the documents, the information that allows them to make better financial decisions. And so when he got to that place, we had, we had reached a different level of intention and a whole different packaging of his services. So really, it's less about bookkeeping, the tactical nature of bookkeeping. Really, what we're talking about here is better financial decisions. Oh, okay. Well, then, then let's repackage how we think about these, you know, these transactional, if you will, bookkeeping. So then, so then, his next step here is, was to create pillar content that speaks that language. Not though we offer great bookkeeping and it's it, it's cheap and affordable and uh, you know we have excellent software solutions. That's that kind of general vague. It doesn't resonate. His his point of view is is you make three or four decisions every year that that decide financial decisions that decide the course of that year, and and those decisions aren't made in a vacuum. They're made in context of your business. And if you don't have these these three or four um, um, things in front of you, you know, if you, if those who are kind of in the accounting space, cash flow statements, uh, balance sheets, profit and loss mm-hmm, statements, mm-hmm. if you don't have these documents in front of you, and if you don't trust those documents, you're bound to make poor decisions, right? So we want to be we want to make sure that as the year goes on, that you always have these kinds of documents. And that so so you can make these kinds of healthy decisions so you can end up in this kind of financial place. Now, that short thing that I that I just kind of laid out, you know, these documents to make these decisions to be in this place. That's what the content lays out. So here are the documents that you need. Example A, example B, example C. They're in they're in the content. Here are the kind of decisions you're trying to make. You want to decide decision one, decision two, and decision three. That's in the content because you'd prefer to be in this preferred place, preference A, preference B, preference C. So this content that we're talking about now paints a picture. It's not just a sales piece or whatever whatever other way you might think about it. It's designed to paint a picture. Hey, prospective client, we realize that you don't like where you are. It's uncomfortable and you'd prefer to be somewhere else. This is how we can move you from where you are to where you'd like to be. And in Cornerstone's situation, that manifested into a blog post. That turned into a blog post. And as as dry as a blog post sounds, his it's, blog it's, post, well, a blog post sounds lonely, right? right yeah, yeah, right, right. Uh, as 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 simple as that may, as straightforward as that may sound, the intention. What you're hearing from me is the is the intention of that piece of communication of what it's designed to do, and the blog posts that come from Cornerstone Bookkeeping, Bookkeeping and Accounting 
are designed to do so much more than these standard blog posts. Okay. And, that, and that's how they work. So they do more than one. They, yes, he has done more than one. Yes, okay. he has. Yeah. Yes, he has in his business. Because I would, I would advocate that only doing one is, is not a good idea. Because when people come to a website and they look at your blog and there's only one entry, typically raises a red flag. Sure, sure. So, but I think the, the, the underlying message, I think, is really important for entrepreneurial ventures, small businesses, I said, the people in that category listening, because I think the reason most companies don't start a content marketing strategy is that they have this vision that they're making an investment in something that is going to, as you talked about, is, is basically everlasting, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. a machine we're going to have to either outsource or hire people that can blog and can manage our social media and so on. And, yeah, I love the point you're making, which is for a lot of companies, you know, since most of the companies in the, in the economy are, you know, typical, prototypical small businesses, that, yeah, that's overkill. Yeah. That, that you really need to focus on, you know, one to N number of core pieces that right. support your value proposition. That's right. That's right. That's right. And if we're talking for those companies that are comfortable writing content on the web, um, my number is four. That's that's I try to get my clients sort of scope scope of work. So if if you had if if that one idea, if we can break it apart into into four pieces of content, then how what would they say? And I've got methods to help clients do that. So that that becomes less that becomes less overwhelming. But to your point about having just kind of one piece of content on on the site, um, you can t- you can tell a, a complete story through four, and that and that if you, if you can get to four, <laughs> if you can make four, uh, you've done you've done an amazing amount of heavy lifting. Um, yeah, for your business, absolutely. So yeah. so one of the questions would be is that okay, that's great, I understand that, but hey, you know these social tools, LinkedIn, Twitter, you know they are good places to make connections that can lead to conversations. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and your sort of core content, you've got these four pieces or however number it is. But I still recommend for small companies that they need to engage on Twitter. They need to engage in conversations with people on LinkedIn as a way of developing business. So, I mean, that is content still itself because oftentimes you might be curating other content and sharing that as a way to open doors and initiate conversations. And so here's what I would say very directly. If you have an engagement strategy, use it. If you have a curation strategy, use it. What I, what I find is that, is that clients tell me they have one, and then I ask them to show me, and it's a mess. Well, and I think on, on some level you're lying to yourself. That's, that why, where, that's why they where, hire you. Right. Well, well, there's the so there's the, there's the disconnect. So you know, for those companies that have that have a have a sense of self, if you will, on LinkedIn or a a presence on Facebook or etc., and it's working for you. Oh my, by, by gosh, keep it. Right. You know, no, no need to, to to fix what's not broken. Um, but I, I think I think on, there are companies out there who are who are fuss. I use the word fussing, fussing their way through it, um, kind of uh, scrounging around scrounging around in the dark in their way through it. Um, and if they're honest, they'll admit, you know what, we're just kind of flailing our way through this thing. We're not, we don't really have an, have an approach that we trust. And that's really key. I mean, one of the, I think one of the other key messages here, even though it's been more subtext than overt, is that, and we talk about this on other episodes uh, on Accelerate, is 
you need to use experts to help you. If you're a small business, if you're a startup, if you're a solopreneur, it may be a little expensive, but you need to invest in the experts to help you get set up and your processes and your infrastructure set up the Absolutely. right way. Absolutely. And so your point about people fussing, you know, you're wasting time and money if you're yeah. fussing. And yeah. so much better, even if you have to bite the bullet a little bit, you know, you don't understand Twitter and what it can do for you. Hire somebody that you know, trusted source, you know, go through your network of contacts. People have had success with somebody that can come in for an hour a week or something and just help you understand what you should be doing with the same thing with LinkedIn. There's, gosh, a whole ecosystem of resources out there. Take advantage of one of them. You know, it, it's nice to try to learn it yourself, but why not shortcut that process and use somebody like my guest today, Alze, or somebody to help you get to that point sooner where you're being more productive with it. Uh, and if I can just add to that very, very quickly, if if I find I find clients that come to me are, are in one of two situations, one one of two uh, most important needs. Uh, the first need is client acquisition. I'll say we're trying to grow and we need more clients in a more sustainable, predictable manner. So content at that point becomes a client acquisition approach. The other is about establishing a presence. I'll say we want to establish our presence in LinkedIn or on Facebook or on Twitter or some other social media platform. And we, and we need a content marketing approach to help us get a presence um, in, that, in, in, that, in that way. So then for those listening, which goal are, is most important to you? If it's client acquisition, then, then you got, you've got to focus in and kind of do, do that more direct content client acquisition approach. If it's more of a presence, then yes, you can create more content over time and think about it in a, in a more expansive way. More of a, yeah, branding. Right, and right, more of a branding way. But I think for those listening, it's important to, to kind of confront you with the important question of choose one of those two is the priority. Now, I'm sure you want both because we all want both, right? You want to be skinny and eat hamburgers. I know we, we want both. <laughs> but but, but if, if, if you're forced to choose, and working with me, you will be forced to choose. One of those two is most important, and we've got to hit that goal. So I just, I just want to add to that. When you, when, you, when you think about experts to work with, et cetera, you've got to come to that expert with, by, with a goal, right? Here's what we're trying to get done in our company, and can, and can your process help us move that goal forward? Excellent. So now we move to the last segment of the show, I'll say, where I've got some standard questions I ask all my guests. And uh, the first one is a hypothetical scenario. And in this scenario, you, Alze, have just been hired as a VP of sales at a company whose sales have sort of stalled out. Mm -hmm. And the CEO is anxious to get sales unstuck and back on track. And yeah, I know a sales turnaround doesn't happen in a day, but, but what what two things could you do your first week on the job that could have the biggest impact? So here's my, and as you were shaping the question up, it, it was kind of bubbling up inside of me. I want to know what we do. I don't want to know what we sell. I don't want to know what we think we do. I want to know what we do. So the people who are most excited about working with us, who are those people? What did we sell them? What offer did we offer to them? What did they say back to us? But I want to know what the most exciting things that we offer. What are those things? And 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 so that so that's that's thing number one for me. I mm -hmm. want to figure mm -hmm. out what we do. Right. Uh, that's that's a. This, the, the 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 second thing I want to know is what is the most efficient, effective way we can do that thing more often. So if that's the first thing we introduce, great, it should be. But if the thing that we do is second, third, fourth down the menu, 
I, I needed to be first. I need to, I need to be hitting people over the head with the awesome thing that we do. So I, I'm interested in a, in a more direct, specific sales strategy that set specific sales strategy that would prioritize the thing that we do. So I want to know what it is and I want a method to, method to sell it more often. And uh, just to kind of wrap all that up in a pretty little bow, I know that I can't figure that out all by myself. So we got to have some meetings. So I got to sit down with the sales directors if there are some. I got to sit down with the CEO if, if he's involved in the, in, in the selling process. And we've got to come together as a team to get answers to these questions. Okay. Great answer. So next, this is sort of a rapid fire question. You give me one word answer or elaborate if you wish. And the first one is when you, Alza, are out selling your services, what's your most powerful sales attribute? Charisma. <laughs> Okay, who's your, I, I can I can identify with that. So who's who's your sales role model? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, rapid fire. Oh, I'm I'm failing that that test. That's Andy. okay. Um, we'll, we'll, get, <laughs> we'll cut you some slack here. Uh, um, um, there's a there's 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 a mix of people. Uh, there's there's a gentleman in the in the specific online marketing space. If you're really deep into it, you might know a guy named Frank Kern. Um, I really appreciate Frank Kern. Um, um, I really appreciate Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins is more of a household name. Mm-hmm. I really, I really appreciate Tony Robbins, um, um, and I really appreciate Seth Godin. Um, and so, to explain that really quickly, when why that's a mix for me is Frank Kern does a wonderful job of keeping things simple in a world where there are four million tools and a hundred thousand tools get added every day. He has a phenomenal way of saying, look, man, it's three things. Do one, two, three, you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's just that's wisdom that's, that, that, is, that is unique in this space. Um, Tony Robbins has a way of owning a room, of owning the space that he's in that is very unique. You know when you've met Tony Robbins. And, and it's hard to – and I've never met him in person. I've only seen him, seen him on video. But the way that he, he commands, commands attention I think is, is, is remarkable. Um, and Seth Godin has a way of applying marketing. In marketing ideas, in varying business concepts, he's very aware that marketing isn't just a marketing function; that it is, it, it's a business function, and if we allow it to, it can it can up level how we do everything. So those three guys are are people I try to emulate, borrow from, um, so that can be of value to those I serve. Okay, great answer. So, what's one book you recommend every one of your clients read? If it's just one book, it's E-Myth. Okay. Uh, Michael Gerber. Uh, yes, sir. Michael Gerber. He said systemize. And and in one word, he said systemize. He said many other things, but that's one, one thing that he said. And if you're not doing that today, um, that will catch up to you. Either today, tomorrow, a year from now, it will catch up. And when it catches up, it's extremely painful. So it's one of those things where it's to your advantage to be proactive about putting systems around the things that are most important to you as the leader of the business. All right, last question for you. What music's on your playlist these days? Oh, what music's on my... There, there is a personal friend of mine whose name is April Christina, uh, and I'd love to share her name, so I'm doing that now. April Christina, she's a gospel artist, um, and uh, she's just good. <laughs> Some people are just good. She's just good. Uh, I've also enjoyed Sam Smith. Okay. Uh, and in all of his, you know, plethora of music that he now has available. So those right. are those are those are two. All right, so we got a shout out in for April Christina. Very nice. So great. Well, Alzheimer, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for joining me. So tell folks how they can find out more about you. 
CovetedConsultant.com is my website. I'm also, you can find me uh, on, on LinkedIn. I am approachable on purpose. So Alzay at CovetedConsultant.com is my email. So you can send me an email saying, Alzay, I love what you said, or Alzay, I hate what you said. Either way is fine. The feedback makes me better. Um, so uh, yeah, that, that, that's how you can find me. Okay, so Alzay is spelled A-L-Z-A-Y for people that are just listening. So, again, thank you. And remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And one easy way to do that is to subscribe to this podcast, Accelerate. Just take a couple minutes. You make it part of your daily routine, whether you listen and you commute in the gym or as part of your morning sales meeting. That way you won't miss any of my conversations with top business experts like my guest today, Alze Calhoun who shared his expertise of how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com.